This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. Oh, boy, we've really been keeping it real lately, haven't we? The guest, Hoochie Mama, they've been some great people. And this woman, I am so excited to talk to her. I want to tell you a little bit about her because I was stalking her online to get to know her. And she's incredible, like-minded, so this is going to be a lot of fun. And I don't know her, so I love getting to know people for the first time with you. So here's Diane Gottlieb. She is passionate about supporting women, amen, sister, and other marginalized populations to find their voices, step into their power, and discover the unique way they can positively contribute to society. Well, we need that. With a rich background in social work, ooh, education, and as the owner of a tutoring business, which I was reading about, fascinating, Diane is masterful in connecting with diverse groups of people and helping them see their value and worthiness. Hmm. This is going to be good. A lifelong learner, she holds master's degree in creative writing, social work, and education, and has appeared in numerous publications including Hippocampus Magazine, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, Brevity, among others. Diane, welcome. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. So I have to ask you, are you, I saw that you were in New York. Are you in the heart of it? I'm on Long Island, but New York, yeah, New York is not the heart of it anymore. We're doing, we're doing much better. Woohoo! No, no, yeah. I meant I meant the heart. I'm sorry, I wasn't even thinking COVID. I was oh, thinking. isn't that all we think of? Oh no, <laughs> isn't that crazy? I'm like in the in the hustle and bustle of the city. Oh no, no, I'm so a little fun. outside. Not oh, you're far. A, I can yeah. get to it when I want it. Yeah. yeah. Long Island. Gosh, I have so many friends. Uh, my my business manager Megan lives in Long Island. She's there right now. Uh huh. It's so funny. Every, yeah. Everybody I've met from Long Island are the warmest, friendliest people. Now, I'm not saying they all are. I'm just saying uh-huh. all, all the people I've met. Do you well, love it there? wonderful. Do I love it there? It's okay. <laughs> oh, thanks for the honesty. I told you she was going to keep it real. <laughs> How long have you been there? Um, I've been... Hmm, I've kind of jumped around a lot. I lived in Westchester County for many years. So okay. I went to Woodstock, the hippie. Yeah. Of it, course. It that's how you know Dan. Yeah, that's how I Dan. know Dan. Hi Dan. Yeah. And I've been um I probably about ten years on Long Island now. Yeah. Oh. And but why I'm did moving. you choose it? I'm moving. Why did I choose it? Oh, long story. We want to hear. I had you know, I've had a really, really kind of crazy life. Um my first husband died in a car accident oh, about God. fifteen years ago in Woodstock. Um mm. and I have three kids. My youngest was 12 at the time. Um, and when the other two was gone, went to college, I was just, it was just me and him in the woods. So I was like, mm, not great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to keep his like environment as consistent as possible. He was going to like a, a friend's 
um, school, a Quaker Friends school. And oh, there yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, there was one on Long Island. So I said, okay, let's go there. And we did. <laughs> let's <laughs> we go. Did. We yeah. did. We, we, we packed up and left, and, and we've been here since, yeah. But now you're moving. But now I'm moving. I'm Are done you... with cold weather. I'm so over it. Mm. So we're moving to Florida. That's what I thought. Where in Florida? Yeah. What part? Um, it's a uh, it's called Coconut Creek. It's in between, like it's close to. Um, oh my god, my brain. That's okay. Uh, it's in between Fort Lauderdale and Boca, yeah. near yeah. Pompano. Pompano. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So when are you moving? As soon as we can sell our house. Okay. So there you go. She has there a house in the market. Let's oh, pitch yes. that. That's right. In New Hyde Park. Oh, yes. Long Island's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't make me laugh. That's great. All right. So let's jump into something, and then we'll come back around. Sure. How did you get involved in being such an activist? I mean, you're really in it, woman. I am kind of in it. I, you know, I, I always look for new opportunities to, to get more involved. Um, I, you know, I, I started out young with a social work degree and I, and I worked with families who, um, their parents like were mandated to see me or they'd lose their kids cause they had like several child abuse, substantiated claims against them. And, you know, what I learned from that is how much more in common I had with these parents than difference. Um, Good for you. Yeah, yeah. It was humbling and eye-opening and um, a a truly wonderful experience. And um, from there, I just, you know, started... I had some issues my myself growing up with visibility, which I think is probably at the root of so many of our problems today. Um, but I, I became much more conscious of, you know, seeing people beyond the stereotypes or, you know, how, how, how we immediately present or initially present. And that's kind of informed everything I've done. Wow. I love the fact, I want to back up when you said we, we had more in common than not, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is, and how old were you when you were doing that? I was 22. I went straight out of college, uh, you know, getting my master's. I graduated college early. I graduated at 20. And um, Ooh, you're smarty pants. Well, and I'm born late in the year in December. So my birthday, I was always younger, you know, for the grade. But um, yeah, you know, I got all that in social work school. And and, um, what I I came away with a real sense of, um, um, you know, if I had been in their position, how can I be so sure that I would have done anything differently? Um, oh, I love that you, yeah. I just was having this big debate with someone. Like if you walk their walk, mm-hmm. then talk to me, then That's come back right. and tell me, you know, yeah, I would have seen differently. Good there by the grace of God go I. And Exa- I say that know, every time. That's I say right. That. Yeah. And it was a real awakening in white privilege 
before I had any idea of that terminology. But yeah. it really was, you know, people have different resources and different experiences that shape them. Um, and, and you would hope you'd be different, but you don't know. You don't know. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So how did that change how you worked with them? Like that view? Did it just make you more compassionate? I mean, how did that affect you? Uh, yeah, it did. It just like changed my worldview, I think. I changed how I saw other people. And um, I, you know, wanted to help people kind of step into um, – their power, basically, uh, and by doing so, help myself uh, do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was reading that online. Like, Mm -hmm. you really want, wherever you are in life, it's not too late. Like, I love that you say it. That's right. You know, it's funny because, you know, here I'm sitting, and I feel like I'm at my prime, and I just turned 60 in November, and I go out and I see girls you know they're turning 30 and they feel like what's left you know what oh, i mean like somebody they're I like is, i can't i always wanted to do this and you know i always wanted to do that and now it's too late i go are you kidding me that's like, right like i don't even i can't even fathom that thought you know i know well you know so when my husband died i was i had a a, a great life insurance policy you know mm-hmm. so it wasn't like i was immediately thrust into what am i going to do um but then came the 2008 crash i lost so much money i wasn't making Ooh. any you know i wasn't yeah. like bringing in income and i had a do something. I went back to school in my 40s um, for another master's. And then I get out and there are no jobs because of the um, the recession. So I, I found my way. And um, I, I started working teaching uh, with an agency that homeschooled um, kids out on medical leave, psychiatric leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kids who were suspended. So right back right back with the you know my peeps you know that's exactly (laughs) and uh, I loved it and then I had to pay bills so um I started a business um in my early 50s that really took off a tutoring business um really from nothing from nothing tell us more so what who do you tutor so um I tutor um I tutor kids in, 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 like, I'm an English tutor, but my major focus is, like, SAT, ACT prep and college essays, and and I help, um, you know, uh, my kids don't want to leave me, so when they're in college and they need, <laughs> need an essay that needs an extra set of eyes, they'll send it my way, you know, often at, like, 11 o'clock at night when it's due at midnight, but yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's college for you, and um, yeah, uh, so that's been kind of an adjustment. My business has kind of dried up uh, of late because the tests have been canceled because of COVID. I heard that. Someone said they're not, they're not, like there was a junior I was talking to and she said, you know, she doesn't need to take SATs. They're not going to count the scores. for. That's right. A lot of schools, a lot of schools are, yeah. And a lot of them are just dropping them all together, which, you know, it does pay my bills, but I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know what? 
you probably are going to get something else. You're, you'll have something oh, else I'm up your worried. sleeve. Yeah. yeah it, it leaves me more time to write. So I'm in the process of writing two different books right now. I saw. And, yeah. The mystery. The murder mystery. Well, that murder mystery is kind of on hold. Uh. <laughs> but one of them is um, actually, you know, along the same lines um, with activism. Uh, my... So I'll, I'll kind of give you a try to make this a short version, but um, okay. when in my in my tutoring business, I work with some really privileged people, um, and everybody everybody's just been wonderful to work with. But um, one of my students' fathers was a huge benefactor of this transitional home for men just coming out of prison. Called Anthony House, and my oldest son and his wife are really big prison reform activists, and they <sighs> were helping somebody get parole. And um, one of the main things that the parole board looks for is, do you have a place to go when you get out? So mm. I hooked my son and daughter-in-law up with um, the head of the of Anthony House, this transitional home, Ooh. and they got their guy that they were helping into Anthony House, and he was able to get parole. So it worked out, you know, wonderfully. And then two years later, my son calls me. So the head of the, the transitional home, his name was Deacon Patrick Loxton. My son calls me and he said, hey, Deacon was just murdered. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that he was murdered, allegedly, this, the trial still going on, by a former resident who he asked to leave. Uh, because the story goes, the reporting goes, um, he, Deacon Pat, was not, uh, did not think that this man was following through on his anger management program. Uh, <laughs> he probably was. To say wasn't. the least, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said, man, I got to tell, you know, this story, but I want to tell it through the eyes of people he helped because I didn't want this one person who, who took the deacon's life to kind of make people question whether his work really did any good. You know? And they are. So you got to tell the other story. You yeah. know they are. So, I mean, yeah. That happens, and then people go, yeah. see, I told you That's so. That's right. So I, um, in my Ooh. 50s, you know, white middle-class woman, never had any brushes with the law, went out and met, um, a bunch of guys who spent time in Anthony House. Uh, four of them had had spent major time in prison for murder convictions. Ooh. And um, now they're like my BFFs. I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am so proud of you. It's oh, like wow. it, it, it has, you know, and and. Uh, they have opened my eyes. Oh, I bet. Um, you know, and, and again, there by the grace of God go I. Now, I am I am in no way, shape, or form condoning murder <laughs> under any circumstances. So there's that, people. There's yeah. That. yeah. Um, 
but you know, my feeling is if our, um, and I'm going to say this, if our very flawed criminal justice system, um, you can say that, yeah, has determined that they've done the time, then let them try and live a life, you know, um, yeah. but it's not yeah. the way it happens when you get out. It's just not the way it happens when you get out. So I'm writing a book. I want to bring awareness. And it's it's all like everything I do is about this visibility and visibility theme. And, and yeah. you know, like let's look at each person uh, as an individual. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of lumping them in. So is there a – I'm going blank, but maybe you'll know. Is there a country that you think they have it down? the way they treat people. Oh, you know, I wish I knew this question in advance because my I'd ask my son, who's, yeah. who's actually a professor and studies these things, but I don't have a specific country in mind, but I yeah. can tell you every single other country oh, geez, does a better, better job. <laughs> we incarcerate far more people uh, for far longer sentences than literally like, like it's not even comparable uh, to any other developed and most under underdeveloped countries. So I I think it's a real stain on our um, system. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you know, what is I've been doing this a long time and no one has ever spoken about this subject. So mm-hmm. I am so excited mm-hmm. that you're bringing awareness to this and that you're, so are you telling their stories? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm telling their stories from, uh, it's, uh, I don't know that's the structure of the book quite yet, but I'm, I'm moving in the direction of like before incarceration will be one section during and then post just to see how they got, how they made the decisions they made, how they got to where they were, um, you know, and how they met. I mean, I don't want to lose the thread of Deacon Pat, who was a huge influence in their lives, how they met him while in prison, um, how he was a lifeline and how he came out when they came out, uh, he continued that lifeline and, um, where they are now in, in different stages of struggle, you yeah. know, uh, and how his death really impacted them. It was huge. So um, where is Anthony's house? It is no longer. The house, I believe, was sold. Um, it was in, on Long Island in a, a town called Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are there other places like that in our country that are halfway houses for prisoners? Is there any there, other? There are, there are many, um, but there are a few good ones. Um, what was really kind of special about Anthony House so uh, was Deacon's Pat, Pat's philosophy. I mean, they, they all called him, they all thought of him as, as, um, their father. Um, but he was not a warm and fuzzy necessarily. Uh, he had, he, he, he kind of likened his system to a railroad tracks. And if you stay on the tracks, you're going to be fine. But you know, kind of, if you slipped up, he was not very forgiving. Uh, and there were certain things he absolutely would not tolerate and you were out on the spot. 
um, any yeah. drugs, alcohol, if you broke curfew, any violence, boom. No, yeah. you know, that's it. Um, but, you, you know, he, he gave them a, a metro pass and a, a map <laughs> and said, go, get a job. Um, luckily, Long Island has still uh, uh, quite a few manufacturing areas, small manufacturing areas that are um, not opposed, you know, companies that are not opposed to hiring um, people with felony convictions. So uh, most of the guys got jobs within two weeks. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I am so excited for you. When do you think your, your book will be done? Oh, please. You know, it's sort of like, (laughs) had I known what I was getting into, I used to knit really complicated patterns and like I'd start with the sleeve and once I did the sleeve, I said, it's too late to turn back now. But had I known what I was getting into, I'm not sure I would have taken the first step of the journey. And (laughs) sometimes I feel like that with the book, but no, I, 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 it, it, I'll get there. I will yeah. get there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a good thing you didn't know, though. I always say that if is, I if I knew is. what I was getting myself into, I don't know if I would do it, but That's I'm glad right. I did. I am so glad I'm yeah. in it, and I'm so glad for the relationships I've made. Um, and and you know, before the mm. pandemic, I started up like a, a little speaking gig where I was going to um, speak with HR. Uh, people about the need to consider people with criminal records, um, you know, as viable, um, worthwhile, really helpful employees. Um, you know, they have quite a good track record um, if given the chance. Yeah, yeah. If given the chance, if, if given, given the chance, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, I, I, I know it's not the same thing, but I had a guest on who lives out in uh, the L.A. area, and mm-hmm. she is an interior design and decorator, and she's part of a movement that furnishes homes for getting people off the street. So it's like a halfway house when they're ready to come off the street. They have these little homes they go into, but instead of just going into a crappy place, mm-hmm. they fix it up. They make it nice, something to be proud of. That's and wonderful. the stats were outrageously mm-hmm. high of how many people don't end up back on the streets. I mean, it was ridiculous compared to those who didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So it's that transition, having someone that safe space, you know, care about you That's while right. you're getting back on your feet. There's just nothing like it. Yeah, just, and, and who can show you some basic things. Like some of these guys were out, out of, out of quote, civilization for oh, 20 plus years. And, you know, I remember the little things we take for granted, like, uh, in New York City, you used to take the subway with a token, and now there's a Metro card. And, and one of the guys said he would actually break his curfew to go and practice using the Metro card at night yeah. when there weren't people around because he was embarrassed. Um, and, you know, just these little things, yeah. you know, yeah. that you have to learn. 
forget about it. The internet, you know, over that yeah. space and time. Emails, yeah. these yeah. things that we all just take for granted. You need some someone to So wait help a minute. You. So most of them don't have access to that? In prison? Mm, well, they didn't. Um, yeah, maybe they you know, do now. They just, you know, so one of the guys in the book is still in prison, um, and he's the only one that's that's making it into the book that is a burglary, uh, convicted of burglary. Mm. Um, and he's still in prison. And he just, I believe, last year, and this is New York State prison, so every state is different, and federal prison is different, but just last year was, um, you know, given access to, like, an iPad, you know, um, to have an iPad, uh, yeah, yeah. and, uh, but you know, everything, they have to pay for everything and, and it's, and the, the fees are, it's such a racket, you know, phone calls, emails cost money, anything mm. they want to access online costs money. Um, mm. yeah. So were you ever, I have a question. So were sure. you ever scared when you first went to visit them? Did you? Ever- oh my God. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. You were pretty calm about it. Yeah, I went to visit these four guys. Well, it's funny because I got their names from a guy who was an assistant manager at the house, and he really wanted the Deacon story to be told. So he said, okay, this guy's great. This guy's great. Call him. Oh, okay. And he, okay. And he checked okay. with them first if I could call them. And, um, you know, there were two on the list who said they'll be great for the book, but, um, you know, when you meet them, don't drive home straight after, just in case they follow you. I'm like, what? <laughs> don't drive home. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was really scary. But yeah. it's, it's And you didn't take anybody with you, like your, your son or anyone? No, I, you know, the first guy I met, uh, I met in a Dunkin' Donuts in a pretty rough neighborhood on Long Island uh, in the late afternoon, early evening, right after he finished work. And um, I was really scared, you know. Oh, my God, I'm going to meet a murderer. And, um, you <laughs> of know. Of you were. But, you know, once we started talking, I was like, you know, he's a person. And and um, I actually, you know, felt like I understood my fear, but I, I felt a little ashamed about it. Um, and I, again, it was a lesson right in my face about how we prejudge and how we, mm. um, you know, make assumptions about people. Um and yeah, but look at you—you you, you, you were you overcame it. I mean, everyone has oh, yeah. fears, but you overcame it oh, for the yeah. greater good. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm kind of like um, I step into my fears, you know. Yeah, where I can, I try which is to. huge, which is huge. It is, and so I, can I make a little segue here? You can. <laughs> hey, you're, um, you're you're the star here, woman. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um. Yeah, like, there's, like, this really old book, like, from the 70s called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yes, and, I know that book, uh-huh. yeah. And it's, like, like one of my Bibles. And, um, you know, 
I, I write a blog for women over 50, but it's so funny because a lot of my students read it too. <laughs> and yeah. they're in their, they're in their late teens, early twenties. Yeah. But, um, and one of the major themes is, you know, when you're afraid, listen, listen to your fear. Sometimes it's, it's really alerting you to danger, but, um, much of the time, it's just letting you know that you're stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm. And listen, what do we here for if we're not going to step out of our comfort zones, right? Yeah, boring. You know, right? That's how you grow. Yeah. And um, yeah, never stop growing. So that that's one of the things I really focus on uh, also, you know, especially in the blog. Um, yeah, is that called Women Pause? Is that the one? Women Pause. Yeah, it was yeah, a I cute love that. little antidote to menopause. Yeah, know? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important. You know, like we were talking about my audience is very varied, but I really want to home in on this because I did not know this term. So here I am. 60 thinking I'm all that and I had no idea they wanted to kill me kill granny <laughs> what the heck is, I, I'm so in pippy I'm so in pippy skippy land I didn't even know I was part of the kill granny bunch I thought that was until you're like 90 or you know well kill granny is 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 a term I made up for this oh yeah oh, it's okay. a term I made up but I, I you know I feel like it fits because um I think this pandemic has really shed light on so many of our issues in society that have been kind of easy to ignore um mm. and Ooh. yeah totally totally so it's really an opportunity to get to work and fixing a lot of stuff but the kill granny thing i you know Remember the debates that were going on, you know, should we open, should we not? Um, yes, and I do. Yes, and there were a bunch of, I, I got to say it, guys, sorry if you're listening, but it was men. <laughs> it was men. Um, not all men, but not all this men. <laughs> but there were, there were, the, the men were the ones um, who were, you know, like, Mm, the lieutenant governor of of Texas, for some reason, his name is ex- escaping me right now. Maybe okay. I just want to forget about him. But you probably do. Uh, he, you know, he went on uh, Fox News and and really just you know spouted this this garbage about how you know he would uh he loves his grandchildren and um he would give his life for the economy um which i don't you know he like kind of conflated with loving his grandchildren somehow and um that by the way it's dan patrick oh yes thank you thank you you're welcome and uh, now we can forget it again and um (laughs) he like and and he's he's not the only one who's the other guy oh my god you know um he has a big huge show uh radio show I not rush, wish. not rush, but yeah. one of the others was really kind of offering up older people and not ninety year olds like and like 
people in their 50s, 60s sort of as sacrifices for the economy. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm so out of all that stuff. Oh, it was kind of like a big deal. It was kind of a big deal. And like, you know, all these women mostly were pushing back. Like, do you know Connie Schultz? I know the name. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Check yeah. her out because she is just amazing. I'm and she's like, you know, I love my grandchildren, but I am not dying for the dollar. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's it's sort of like this was just a, you know, one example of who we as a society believes are expendable and, uh, you know, who is is worthy of saving. And um, it it was really quite striking, quite striking. Um, Uh, You know what? It's so funny. My husband and my son, they're so into this, and they have the same exact mindset as me. And so I, they listen, they can listen to all this and then just go to bed, but cause they really get involved and in, you know, they, they definitely would love listening to your stories. I mean, they're all about this, but, um, they'll tell me what mom, it's okay to do this. Okay. You can do that. You can date this, but I don't listen and watch the news. So I'm sitting here going, I bet you they, they are like, how could you not know this? But I mean, I knew it for older, like I was thinking in their 80s. Like I didn't know it was like. Oh, forget the- about people in their 80s. Uh- I mean, <laughs> like, forget it. But no, it was younger people too, you know, not babies, but people who were in their 50s, 60s, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. You had a good life. You had yeah, a run. That's you know? right. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. So do you think now. It's still there. There's you're still jumping the gun, or do you think it's kiboshed? What do you mean? Like, like as far getting back out there? Like, do you think they're still pushing it faster than it should for the economy, or do you think? um, Oh, my personal opinion on your personal opinion. Okay, so not being a scientist, which which I val I value science. I'm just going to put that out there in the world. I value science. Um, you know, I, I do think there's a balance that we have to, you know, pay attention to, but, um, there's no reason not to wear a mask that yeah. when you're not going to be social distancing. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand. You know, what's so I funny that you say that, that because I'm the same thing with you. I get the balance. I understand. I'm, I'm very aware of what's going on in the economy, but. When I see people out, which I have, kind of making fun of somebody mm-hmm. wearing a mask walk down the street, I'm thinking, why? Why does it upset you? Why do you care? Do you know what I mean? Like Totally. Why does totally. it bother you? Like someone said, oh, yeah, you know, these guys were coming over my house and they were sitting out on my deck and they still were wearing a mask. Okay. Oh, so what? Like they want to wear a mask. So let them wear a mask. Little did they know one of the little boys who's 10 has asthma and was born with a pre-existing condition. Not that it's good or bad, but he does. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so why would you like trying to go, come on. Like, I don't want to say the kids. You could take, they did not know. I mean, that kid was on major mass inhalers and he's sitting there with his mask on. Well, first of all, you shouldn't have to justify it, but 
You know, it made me really angry. Like, why would you make fun of someone? Like, what's the big deal? Just wear the stupid mask. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm done. Let's err on safety. (laughs) That's right. But you know what? That's a perfect example of the visibility, invisibility theme that that I kind of work with in my life. It's like you see someone with a mask and you, you know, jump to some sort of conclusion about them. You don't know who they go home yeah. to, you know, they may have somebody, uh, the, a little kid might live with a grandma or, yeah. or they may have an illness or yeah. they may just care about other people. I don't know. Yeah. It may be as simple yeah. as that, but, yeah. um, you know, and, and I got to tell you, people who wear masks also make judgments. So if you see someone without a mask, I, yes, mean, yes. I feel okay making a judgment that that person's not considering the people around them at that moment. Yeah. I feel yeah. okay making that judgment. But, yeah. you know, then I can also go on a riff about who I think this person is, um, which, which is probably not all accurate either. So I think we all need to kind of look at these markers out there that we say, Oh, I see this marker. So therefore that person is this. Yeah. 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 Well, I just wanted to tap one because obviously this is your opinion and we're not experts and we're not scientists, but there's certain things as far as how to treat a human being. Like That's right. I don't even get it. Like, so what? Like, for religious purposes, I have friends that wear masks. Okay. You know what I mean? Then whatever. That's right. That's you know? right. That's By the right. way, I just want to side note. Uh, it's, uh, I was, I texted my son who was like up on all this stuff. He said Norway is the country to look at. As Norway far, uh, for prisons. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Norwegians, they got, they got it going on. So, listen, I know we you had a bunch of things that, you you know, we could talk about, but I hope you don't mind. I really wanted to home in on some things that has never been spoken about before. So we spoke, you know, I wanted to take the time with that. But I do want to get in just a little bit more of all the things, like you were mentioning at the beginning about, how you never felt it was too old to do this, to do never. that, to start this, to start never. a new business. Never. And I think that's important at whatever age, you know, like, you know, it seems like you're really like, oh, I'm going to take a writing class. So I'm going to go back to school. Like, that's right. Who knows what you're going to do in your 70s, you know? That's right. I, I just graduated. So I'm turning 60 in December. I got my third master's last June, so I I was 58, and I got to tell you, best thing I ever did. The most most growth I've ever made. I'm I'm so happy, uh, you know, with my writing. I I feel like I have a new life. Um, not that my life wasn't good before, but no, it, it's I get it. just opened up so many new exciting things. I'm just excited to learn and 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 have more adventures. And you know what I think that sometimes you have to reach a certain age to to have that understanding. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That, like, that, you just don't care so much about how you appear to yeah. the rest of the world. It's really yeah, I mean, you could tell younger people not to, but, you know. Right, right. It comes with time. I mean, yeah. you can yeah. keep telling them. My son says every day to me, well, not every, every other day, Mom, 
I know you've raised me not to care what people think, and I know you don't care what people think. <laughs> but he said, I think you should care a little bit more. <laughs> I love that. And That's I said, fabulous. come on. I go, you don't want me that way. He goes, all right, let me just restate that. Now, keep in mind, he just turned 17. He said, oh, how cute. he goes, I want you to care a little bit more when you're with me. I go, fair oh, enough. Oh, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah you know. It's easier said than done. And it plus, is. It's it not is. with every area. I have my areas I don't care about, and then I have my areas I do care, you know? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah, so, so, and also, not caring what other people think doesn't mean you just run wild. You still no, have to no. care what you think, you know? <laughs> yes. Which, I'm a tougher critic, which we That's all are. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know. Good so, point. I want to get this in there before sure. we go. All right. Um because we did talk a little bit about what it's like, you know, being a, a kill granny thing. Oh, my God, that's cracking me up. <laughs> um, but the creativity stuff and yes. being in quarantine. Yes. I think I know there are many people out there that actually took it as an opportunity. Yes. To yes. rediscover things because they now not some people didn't have time because they were homeschooling, work from home, cooking, right. cleaning. But there are right. other people that was like, listen, I'm going to take the opportunity to rediscover me and be more creative and come up with things I never thought about before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I just have to make a plug for something that's not for me. It's for our our country. Um, You know, a lot of us at home, you know, um, now, quote, have more time. Um, Yeah. And a lot of people spend it on social media or watching the news and are getting this kind of, I, 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 I'm, it's wonderful that you don't, you know, uh, but, but a lot of people do. Uh, and, um, I, I can't, I just don't, I, I, my brain can't t- take all that negativity and, and do what I right. do. It that's just, right. That's you know, right. I, I, I'm not unworldly, but you know what I'm saying? I don't oh, watch totally. it. Totally. But I I, I support that totally. But, you know, people are getting outraged and and just spilling on social media. And, you know, not that that's a waste of time, but go research who your local politicians are, who's up for election. Spend a little time Googling that. It's not as much fun. It may not be as exciting, but that's how you're going to have your impact, not just sending a tweet or a Facebook post. Go out, research, research. It's a wonderful opportunity we have now let's not waste it and go out and vote or mail in your ballot <laughs> yes it's like we really have the power let's use it you know? um you know what's really good that you said you were saying about local and i think a lot of times like i went and i voted you know just recently mm-hmm. over at my library for the mm-hmm. local stuff and some of my friends are like why are you doing that it really doesn't matter and i'm like what are you talking about? What like, are you talking about? Exactly. Like, but I do think a lot of people think that way. That's like, right. We got our candidates. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You're, you're not going to influence that. So what are you going for? I'm like, well, I'm going yeah. for my local people. That's right. And down ballot is really where the changes get made. In, you know, in judges, in, in redistricting voting areas, in criminal justice reform in education all that stuff housing is done on the local level and it's not as sexy as the stuff that's you know 
on the national stage, but um, that's like that's that's where you can really, really make a difference. That's where your vote really, really, really counts. So I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so good. You helped your library. <laughs> well, I, you know, I just. I know some of the people, you know, and I was thinking, you know, I would want people to make an effort and come out, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Diane, a couple things. Number one, how can somebody, well, have a lot. I could probably talk to you forever, but you have a lot of information and I'm really enjoying it. But how can somebody like me make a difference or do anything as far as um, the prison system? Like, you know, you were saying your son is an activist and what you do, you know. So. Right now, the most, you know, what you can really do is vote in, uh, look who's running for district attorney, if that's a voted position. If not, who are the judges who appoint them? Look at, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really this kind of, you know, research on the local level and vote in the people who feel the way you do. Um, who are willing to take chances and, and, you know, make changes. That's what, that's what I think is, is right now. It's It's the most important. It's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Secondly, what do you do in your spare time for fun? What's your hobbies or is it writing? I write, I write, and I write all kinds of things. I write funny, I write short things, I write long things. That's really like, you know, it's my love. I I have remarried to a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful husband. And I just, I'm getting a piece published on dating over 50. Um, Shut up. Which is Shut really up. funny. It's called Changing the Sheets. <laughs> oh my God, and, I yeah, love it. It's, it's, it's really funny. Um, and, you know, we just have, a, we have a blast together. We, so know, wait a minute. When did you? When and where did you meet your husband? Match.com. Woohoo! <laughs> See, it does work. Oh, we never. Our paths never would have crossed. Never would have crossed. And um, you know, we we met. We've been together. I think seven, eight years. We're we're going to be celebrating our fifth wedding anniversary this summer. So and you met him, and you were fifty. I. I just turned 50 when I started on Match, which is the kiss of death. Um, Because if you're 49, so many more people look at your profile. But I wasn't going to lie. And, um, you know, that's. But do most people fib? Lie fib? I don't know if most people do, but there are plenty who do. But, um, you know, especially if you're on the border. But yeah. no, I told the truth, and I found a wonderful man, and he found me, and um, you know, it's. But I have some funny stories. <laughs> can you tell one? Um, can I tell one? One, one funny, funny story. story. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I went out with this guy, and he seemed kind of like okay. You know, I, I, I didn't have a very high bar. I was like, just kind of interested in giving people a chance. I wasn't going to cancel a lot of people out at first. And then we went on another date and he told me he studies neuro, uh, numerology and, um, 
the mm. numbers in our names um, meant that we were kind of destined to be together on like, a, you know, it was like a biblical kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it was like... I mean, it's a, I didn't tell it very funny, but it's really pretty funny. Yeah. And like you're sitting no, no. here and it's like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. And so like, you know, that was just one. I, let's say I met a lot of um, interesting people. A lot of Before your husband. Men. So you oh, went yes, on a lot of dates yes. before your husband. I went on a bunch of dates. I wouldn't say a, a, all that many. Um, yeah. We kind of met. When, you know what I had been on I was widowed for eight years before I really started yeah. dating because my first husband died in a car accident so yeah. I was like blindsided and I, I think I had PTSD I was like the thought of dating again and being in a relationship yeah. like oh this could happen again type of thing and um yeah. yeah so you know when I really got serious you know I I in my piece, I say dating after 50 is like looking for prime prime real estate on a limited budget. You know, <laughs> do I take the extra? I like the title, yeah. Changing the Sheets. Yeah. You're, that's, yeah. that's a who. And, um, yeah, so I don't know where I was going with this, but. <laughs> it's, you were, I know where you were going. Where you were was they, I you're going? Like, you, you have to have a sense of humor when oh, you're you out have. there. Thank you. you yeah, you have to have, have a sense of humor. When you're humor. going on these dates, whether it's a numerologist or whatever wacky dudes out there, you're right. going to run into a lot of wacky That's people. That's right. That's and right. you just have to laugh about it. You, you know? have to laugh about it. You know what? I think we all take ourselves way too seriously. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Right? I always say, what's the big hairy deal? I That's always say. right. That's right. What, what's the big hairy well, deal? Well, Sandy, I love you. <laughs> well, I love you too, Joy. I think I think we would get along really well when I can I come back so in New York too. City. Yeah. When Dan's back, I go. Up, I used to go up like almost every month for business and stuff like really? that. Because yeah, I'm, I'm an author, so but it's not about me. So my my publisher, Skyhorse Publishing, is in New York City. So oh, so you um, have to go. Yeah, I go, yeah. you know, just to keep my face there. But, you know, I met Dan. So, like, you know, every time I'm there, I meet 50 more people because of Dan, you know. I, Dan, but, oh, my God, how many people does he know? It's everyone. crazy. Right? right. So, every time I'm in New York, like, he sets me up with people. So, yeah. you know, I can't wait till he comes back. But for now, we're going to have to wrap it up. Okay. And I need to, I need to know how do you want them to reach you? How do you want them to look for you? Um. Yeah, I'd love people to sign up for my newsletter and become part of my community. Okay. Um, and it's not just women. It's it's for women over 50 and people who love them. How about yeah. that? I uh, like that. And it's <laughs> Diane Gottlieb. So D-I-A-N-E-G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B.com. You got it. Yeah. All right. Anything I forgot, Diane? I think we've got a no, lot in there. We crammed we sure a lot did. in. We sure did. We sure did. This was oh. such a pleasure. Oh, I and had so, so much wonderful. fun. wonderful. Me too. And thank you so much for highlighting things that we have never spoken before. Well, I'm glad to, to open up some awareness. So yeah, thank it you. Was, it was fun. Thank All you. right. My Let's Keep It Real people, you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.